Have a kitschy bitchy Christmas. Bapa dee da dee dee doo. We love lots of Christmas tunes at the Bitchin' Booty Q. 2020 was a suck fest, so let's leave it in the loo. Let's dig some music and let Pitney give us pyramid woo. Yo, 2020. Adios, mofo. Despite all the craziness that's going on, I'm actually excited this year because I have been putting up outside decorations. Yay! I just, I started putting up my tree today. It's about halfway decorated. Oh, see, we're not there. We we did get the tree out of the shed today. That's a, that's a step. I mean, you know, it took me so much work to drag all the crap in from the garage. And then I had to, you know, rear, I have to rearrange the furniture. You know, because oh yeah, we have to do that too. To, to have my my tree spot where it needs to go, so that that right there, I have to rest after I do that. So yeah, but we have to do that too. But I put I put already put lights on, um, on the outside of the house, and this is the first time ever since my mother has lived in this house since 1953 that there's been Christmas lights on the outside of the house. You're kidding? Nope. This is the first time. Ever. That's insane. So she's not, but yeah, she likes Christmas stuff. I'm surprised she didn't like stuff on the outside. I know, but you know, my dad was lazy. Well, yeah, there is that. And I guess once it was gone, it meant that she had to do it, and I guess she just didn't want. Yeah, and also that was back in the day, you know, previous to the existence of the plastic clips that you stick in the gutter. That you can oh, put God. the lights on to because back then lights on the house meant going on the roof and nails and yeah, little nails. Yeah, before before staple guns and before the clips. Yeah. Oh God, my dad has started hiring someone to put the lights up. Oh, see, I'm so, so his lights yeah. have been up for like two weeks already. <laughs> oh wow, it means I don't have to do it. That's fine. So yeah, that's <laughs> exciting, and my my fabulous little light up vintage camping trailer with the Christmas tree on top should be arriving from Lowe's today. Oh my God. I can't wait. Oh my God. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I I think I told you, but so what I'm doing is I'm putting up this little trailer and I made a little wooden fence and I'm putting little lights around with a little light up fire pit. And it's going to be like, like a hippie little music camp, but Christmas in my front yard. And very mini, right? Yeah. Because the little trailer is mini. Yeah, it's only like 30 inches tall, I think. Oh, it's going to be so cute. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Mom is like, okay, yeah, whatever, as long as you take it down. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, so that's going to be fun. And this will be the first time that we've, that my mom has put up the big tree. God, I think since the nineties. Really? She didn't last year when you first came home? No, no. We had the, she just had the mini tree. Oh, the mini. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is going to be like the big tree. And so, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to put my, my kitchen tree up. Cause you know how I have that neon green tree that goes in the corner of the kitchen because like I wanted, I wanted to have the Christmas stuff up before Thanksgiving since my dad was coming over. So someone could see it, but I, but it was too much work. So I didn't. And then now it's, I'm, you know, I'm doing the front tree, but it's that much more work to put up a second tree. And really no one is coming over ever at all, even for a second. So it's all for me and whether or not I want to look at it. Part of it is, is every year when I take my ornaments out, it's like, I, I, I get to say hi to all my ornaments. Because they're my little friends. (laughs) Oh, I know. And that's what one of the things that I'm so excited about. Because, you know, my mom still has all the ornaments that she's had since she's collected since she got married. That's amazing to me that she continued to collect ornaments even during years when she wasn't even putting up. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I there's stuff that I have not seen in 30 years or more. That I'm going to see this year and put on the tree. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be fun. Oh, God, that's so cool. Yeah, it's and I and even like at some point I'll go over and put up the tree for my dad and and I'll get to, you know, say hi to all those ornaments, all those ancient ornaments and all the all the weird like my mom had like this group of friends that they always, you know, gave each other like secret Santa stuff. And I don't know why so many Christmas ornaments exist that are bowling themed, but my mom had so many bowling Christmas ornaments. Oh, see, we do too. Cause you know, my mom was in a bowling league every Monday night for years oh, and yeah. years and years. Your mom too. Oh yeah. In fact, even when she started having arthritis in her thumb, she wasn't going to stop bowling. You know, so she would just for a few days before bowling, she would just really, really dose up on like Advil and Aleve and yeah. stuff so that she could bowl without hurting too bad. Yeah, because we have bowling ornaments. We have tennis ornaments. We have lots of football ornaments. Oh, God. Um, We have skiing ornaments because that's all stuff that my mom was into back in the day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so I'm excited about the decorations this year, but it's kind of a bummer because, you know, the fabulous Steve was going to come out for Christmas. Oh, is he not? Well, me and mom, we talked, and because of the bad uptick in infections and stuff with the virus. And he's coming from a state that also has an uptick too if i remember right yeah yeah and so that's that's kind of a bummer but it is what it is and you know so have you started uh busting out the christmas music yet to get yourself in the mood well you know me i listen to christmas music all year but you know i have 
oh god, I don't remember the guy's name, but I have like some Christmas album that's that's all on various cellos. And I listen to oh. that all year because I like it. But the hardcore Christmas oh, yeah. albums, oh, no, 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 I do not listen to them. And they just started coming out within the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, there there was one that I busted out uh, the other day that, uh, well, I mean, it's not something I have to physically take out because, you know, eventually we, eventually we got to a point where everything was digital. So it's just a matter of pushing a button. But, yeah, it got played. <laughs> See, and that's a good thing. It is. You know, things are at, at, right at your fingertips. It's good. And, and you know, like a couple months ago, we did an episode that was all, you know, about awesome Halloween records and stuff, stuff that we collect. And and I guess it should come to no, as no surprise to our listeners that we also are kind of obsessive Christmas music people as well. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> Christmas music is a little of everything. And it's like, uh, I mean, it was a major thing a couple of years ago. We got a turntable, like a USB turntable. And my husband just pulled out all of the Christmas vinyl. Oh, how fun. And he just started and it took it took weeks to just burn one album after another to di- to digitize everything. And then he would just load it onto like memory sticks and give it to people as presents. Oh, as see that's exciting. Cuz I used to like we used to burn Christmas CDs for people as like stocking stuffers and and because we just have such a ridiculous collection of everything. I mean, my God. But, you know, but kind of giving everyone, okay, this is everything we have. Now we don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that's, but it's mostly the stuff that he listens to. Like my stuff is like a whole other thing. <laughs> oh my God. And it all, yeah, it all exists. <laughs> no matter oh, yeah. what. And oh, I yeah. remember, you know, uh, do you remember Golden Bough, that Celtic yes. group that was, like, real popular in the Filk community here in the Bay yes. Area? Yes, very much. Anyway, just, you know, for those who doesn't know, it doesn't matter. It's just a Celtic band. Right. And they had done this Christmas album, oh, years and years and years ago. Really, really good album. I had it on cassette. And it was nothing weird. It was just regular Christmas music, but it was just like Celtic style, right? Like on Celtic instruments. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I remember during Christmas you dinner throw a one time in there. <laughs> at my house, we were, you know, eating and I don't know, Andy Sandy or somebody had said something. Oh, it would be nice to have Christmas music. So I was like, oh, well, you know, we'll put some on. So I brought in a little ghetto blaster and I put on... <laughs> Uh, uh, the Golden Bow Christmas album. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was the Holly and the Ivy. Oh. The song. Very traditional. But yeah. because it was Celtic music and it was weird, that Mormon asshole, Ronald K. Hall, my cousin by marriage, uh. he was like, oh, what is this? 
this isn't Christmas music. It's like literally the most Christmassy of Christmas music. And at my house, at my table, because it was like the weird faggot of the family that was playing this weird music, he got up from the Christmas table, turned the tape off, and came back and glared at me. Oh my god. Imagine And none of my family said a fucking word. Because it was just weird. But no one else had a problem with it. They all probably thought it was pretty. I don't know, but yeah, oh, it was just weird. Oh god. It's like I can't even imagine like what like it what it, like it has to be the Mormon Tabernacle Choir like what what does he fucking want to listen to I don't know I'm sure uh, I I don't know but it was just like oh I've never forgotten <laughs> Oh my god Oh my god Which, Oh you know I you know I still have that album but unfortunately I have no way to listen to it My husband just bought a thing that uh plays cassettes and it's a usb cassette thing Ooh. i don't think it cost very much i should have him talk to you about that because you and i both have shit tons of cassettes oh yeah okay. i still have all yeah. my old like filk cassettes yeah you that, can't that find stuff that is long out of print and i mean you can find snippets of it on youtube and stuff but, but not it's not totally. all of it you know yeah. oh yeah oh my god do you remember how like before you could just go on the internet and find things did you ever have because this happened to me once and it was years years of searching for a song um where you like hear in some context somewhere you hear a particular artist doing a particular song and it blows your socks off and you want that but good luck finding it because you have to go into a fucking record store oh, and yeah. pick up. Yeah. A, and it's only at Christmas time, so you have to wait. And then at Christmas time, you go and you look for did that group do a whole Christmas album or is it on a compilation somewhere? And you have to pick up every compilation Christmas CD and flip it over and read. And the next one and flip it over and read. One year, I heard. Gladys Knight and the Pips, you know I love me some Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight and the Pips doing Do You Hear What I Hear. Oh, and I love that and song. I do too. And I mean, Gladys Knight, I mean, oh my God. She's, I love her so much. It was like an R&B arrangement, but not too much so. And it was just her just belting it out and it was gorgeous. And it took me probably four or five years to find a compilation, like an R&B compilation for Christmas that had that song on it. Oh, cool. And it just, it was like, I thought, I remember just standing there in the store and finally picking up a CD, turning it around to look at the back, and there it was, and I thought I was going to cry because I couldn't believe I actually found it. It's like that song has become... Because it was such, it was so important and such a quest to find it, it became a really big thing for me. And so, like, that song, that version of that song is, like, huge for me. Because it was like, I must have it. I don't know where I'm going to get it, but I must have it. And it actually took effort. 
as opposed to, you know, oh, is it on iTunes? Oh, click. Now I own it. Oh, I know. And I, you know, and I love that song. And it's funny because I don't, I don't think it was last December, but I think the December before that mm-hmm. for my big Yule ritual that I used to have every year. Right. Um, and I'd write a different one for every year. Oh, yeah. But I had written a ritual specifically so I could incorporate that song into a pagan Yule ritual. Oh, how cool. And part of the ritual is I had everybody in a circle holding candles singing, Do You Hear What I Hear? Oh, my God. But it was pagan, and it was like the pagan child of light. It had nothing to do with Jesus. Right, right. And the song, it worked. Oh, totally. It's a beautiful song. And it's such a beautiful song. And I remember my landlord, Brian, at the time, who was like, you know, a good friend to me and was like pagan friendly, but like so fucking Christian. Yeah. And I could tell that he was a little bit offended and a little bit bent out of shape that I would use that song. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. Because, you know, because, I mean, I'm a little bent out of shape that every time I see, you know, put the Christ in Christmas. Because Christ Christ has nothing to do with Christmas if you're talking about it this time of the year. (laughs) Well, true. And honestly, uh, if if we're going to put the Christ in something, we should put the Christ in Christian because it's amazing how, how... there, there are people out there who are actually being the way Christians are supposed to be, like all the good parts of it. And there are people who will come after them, especially like if it's like a really progressive priest or something. Mm-hmm. And people will swarm around them on social media claiming that they're like agents of Satan. It's like they're <sighs> literally telling you to love your neighbor. That's all they're saying. You know, there's, you know, they're, they're actually telling you to do things that Jesus actually told you to do. But that's socialist Satan worship. And you're calling them agents of Satan. That is socialist Satan worship. (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, but do you hear what I hear? Yeah. And I bet I'm the only person, in fact, just just to go off topic, but it's sort of on topic of what we were saying, it's an amusing thing. Yeah. That is not the only time I've used a Christian song in a pagan ritual. Really? Because I did a, I I think it was Beltane. I don't okay. remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Beltane. I had remind written, me when Beltane is. Um, spring is it? May. May. Okay. Um. It's so it's like right after Ostara. Yeah. Okay. I think it was Belt anyway, but there was a Christian song. Not by Trey Pearson, but by Everyday Sunday. Oh. So we're talking like hardcore Christian song called The Spark. And I loved that song so much. I wrote an entire public pagan ritual (laughs) based on that song. Oh, my God. Making us all be the spark. And we sang part of that song as the power chant. Oh my god. And nobody knew that it came from a Christian song. 
from a Christian from a Christian rock band. Yeah. And oh I had God. actually written to Trey because it, at the time it's like when we were speaking. That's so strange that you guys aren't speaking now. And I had actually written to Trey and told him that I used that song in that context and done it. Yeah. Um, and I I never re- yeah, I never got a response from him, but whatever, I don't care. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, sometimes I think, I don't think he does, like, I don't think it's it's like he doesn't accept all that stuff, because he was always willing to discuss that kind of shit with you before, but I think maybe sometimes it just, like, it overwhelms him or something. I maybe. think I that, uh, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, yeah, I don't want to discuss my, my weird friendship with Trey Pearson, <laughs> that's not the point of this <laughs> podcast, or right, oh of this episode, God. but you know. Oh my god. But I just thought that was just a little aside that I had thought about that was kind of funny that I used a Christian rock song as the basis for a pagan ritual. Of course. Yay. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Well, you know, considering the Christianity love to use paganism as the basis for major celebrations, you know, that what's good for the goose. Yeah, basically for his whole religion. So, you know. Well, sure. So, yeah. yeah. Christmas albums have you been listening to? Well, uh, the one that I have busted out in in the last couple weeks, um, it's kind of a strange thing, but like back in back in like 2008, the Colbert Report had been on for a few years at that point, and and in 2008 they decided to do a Christmas special. And it was wonderful. You can still get it on DVD. I think you might be able to download it. And the soundtrack, like the Christmas album of all the music that they did on that special, is so fucking good. It really instantly became like a favorite Christmas album of mine. And um, because it was the, the, the character Stephen Colbert... The Colbert Report version of Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. which was the weird, ultra-conservative, all that shit. And so it was that kind of Christmas special. And it had this amazing collection of people that came on like Toby Keith inexplicably was on there. Uh, Feist, uh, Willie Nelson was on there, John Legend, and then Elvis Costello was on there. Oh, wow. And it's like the music is all really spectacular. In fact, I double checked everything on there was written by, well, with the exception of, because at one point the whole cast comes together to sing what's so funny about peace love and understanding oh that's awesome which is, oh it's so good oh my god but um which, apart from that, so, oh, yes <laughs> yes although at that point at that point in the special elvis costello had been eaten by a bear so it was <laughs> someone in a bear suit and elvis costello going Rah! at that oh, point how fabulous but, it's really, 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 really good. But the rest of the music was all, uh, for the most part, was written by um, Adam Schlesinger, who was the guy from Fountains of Wayne, who actually passed away in April from COVID. Oh, but he, I didn't know like, that he had passed away. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I mean, he's just one of those unbelievably, like, he's one of those people, like, I didn't realize until after he died how many things 
his music was in. Like, like all these songs that I loved from all these different places, and they all oh, were written really? by him. Oh, really? Because what was Fountains of Wayne? What was their, like, big hit? Oh, God. Because I know I know it. Was it Stacy's Mom? That's a great oh, song. Oh, my God. It's a fucking, it's a fucking excellent song. Oh my god, I still. Stacy's yeah. mom has got it going, going on. on. <laughs> that song is so fucking good. But but the but the song that uh, kind of ends the special after Elvis Costello escapes from having been swallowed by a bear, and then he and Stephen are sitting at a piano and they sing this song called "There Are Much Worse Things to Believe In." And it, as soon as I heard it, I was just like, this song is the greatest Christmas song ever written because it's not, it's basically, it's talking to the people who are just over Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's talking to people who just don't even see the point of any of this shit. And it's, you know, I don't believe in that stuff anyway. And this is all stupid. And it basically brings it all back to, like, okay, fine. You know, there's a lot of things people believe in. But believing in this, believing in what what this time of year is about and, and families coming together and feeling hopeful about the future and all that kind of stuff, yeah, have a problem with that, asshole. I mean, that's kind of the attitude of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. I can't express enough that, you know, because you know how I love, I love really clever lyrics. And when a, when a song starts with, and this is just the opening lyrics, there are cynics, there are skeptics, there are legions of dispassionate dyspeptics who regard this time of year as a maudlin, insincere, cheesy, crass commercial travesty of all that we hold dear. Uh. Fuck. <laughs> that's how a Christmas song starts. But goddamn, it's See, so good. that's kind of fabulous. It's really good. And because it's me, and because ultimately for me, everything is ultimately about this, Stephen Colbert, Elvis Costello, two men, I would totally bang. So, <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, you know, so it just gets that much better. <laughs> that is a sandwich I would want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> Bitchin' Boutique. Yes. Um, I think we need to give them a thing, Spike. We can give them a drop that they can play on their show. Yes, shows. I think we've uh, got to find some time and get, get time to do, do that. I think we should do it right now. I think we should do it right now. Look, I'll show you how easy it is, Spike. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to do it live. Okay, do it live. Like that bloke screams. I'm just going to do it live. Watch this. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptics. I can't do it now. Look, I can't speak. <laughs> Too much pressure. I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again. Take 52. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the most bitchin' boutique. See? That was easy, wasn't it? Okay. They could send us one, we could play it in ass. Yeah, yeah. Right, you do it. Yeah. Right, What do you want me to say? Whatever whatever comes to mind. Hi, this is Spike from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, who ain't no bitch, but you're listening to the bitchin' boutique. Oh, that was good. I I hope they use that. Let's see if they cut it and put it in the next (laughs) show. Diplomatic community. I've been dying to tell you about this so exciting thing. Oh no, why? Well, you know how, you know, several months ago I went on 
my vinyl buying spree on eBay. Oh, yeah. And I got my beloved Merry Christmas to You by Wayne Newton. Two yes! record set, 1963, brand new, in never been opened before. That is insane. But what I had also gotten was Wayne Newton, Christmas Isn't Christmas Without You. <gasps> I don't know that one. Which I had never had before. Is that his family? Is that, that picture and his the, family? Yes, the cover of it is Wayne Newton's family. Oh, look at that hair. And all their 60s hair and their polyester suits, yes. Oh, God damn it, that's beautiful. But the thing about this album, Christmas Isn't Christmas Without You, the first one is just your classics, you know, Jingle Ball Rock, Winter Wonderland, yeah. Silver Bells, Rudolph, blah, 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 blah. It's all just Christmas songs that everybody knows. Right. This piece of shit. <laughs> a little bit of that. Half of it is songs co-written by Wayne Newton. Oh, that's unusual. He usually which didn't write. tells you that it's bad already, right? But... He wasn't exactly known for the writing. But... Oh, my God. On this album. <laughs> you know how my favorite thing in the whole universe is... Wayne Newton doing his talky verse of Wonderland by Night, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, this has a song (laughs) co-written by Wayne called Christmas Prayer. Oh, no. That the second verse is a talky. And it's young Wayne, too, because it's still the 60s. It's young Wayne. So it's young, apple-cheeked, yes. chubby Wayne. Oh. Oh. And the only thing I got to say about this song, because I am going to play a clip of the talkie. Oh, good. Because I can't even begin. <laughs> it just has to be heard. Oh, yes. It is just the most... Sugary, sweet, insincere prayer. It's so gross. Oh, my God. But before this is played, I just have to say the melody of this song. Did you remember in Catholic Mass that hymn, Let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with me. Yeah. Oh, yes. I used to actually really like that song when I was a kid. When I first heard this song, I was like, oh, it's Wayne singing Let There Be Peace on Earth. But it's not. Because it's totally the same melody with the totally first line. But then it sort of changes a little bit and it just goes into this stupid Christmas prayer thing. So not only is it inane (laughs) and inept, but it's blatant (laughs) plagiarism of a song that who wants to... Fuck wants to plagiarize Let There Be Peace on Earth. Oh, my God. But it involves a talkie. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Yes. And and then I will say the other, uh, you know, other than the the other standards that are on this, um, sometimes we wait until Christmas. Classic new Christmas song written by Wayne. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. Christmas isn't Christmas without you by Wayne Newton. Oh Heavenly Father, 
as we rejoice on this Christmas day. People around the world know the joy of giving. Their hearts are light with a feeling that they've done something good, especially seeing the smiles of those that they've helped. And yet, on the 26th of December, the love of giving too often ends, and the smiles of gratitude realize that they can't smile again until next December 25th. Yes, but in closing, in, oh my God. in closing about Wayne Newton, I just got one more thing to say. Okay. For all the aficionados of the classic Christmas songs, uh-huh. I know that Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow has been recorded a bazillion times by a bazillion yeah. different people. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the Wayne Newton version album is the best ever. Oh, my God. I'm suddenly having a memory. Didn't I at some point give you a star-shaped vinyl, like an EP, that was an older Wayne, like a late 70s? Yes. Possibly pre-mustache, but longer hair Wayne? Oh, no, it's a mustache. And it was during the, um, I was going to say Crimson Idol, but that's Wasp. (laughs) It was, oh, during the Midnight Idol phase of Wayne. Okay. Where his logo was the feather. Oh, the feather. (laughs) Yes, I still have that. And it was Christmas, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't Christmas. So where, where am I, in my head, I have a very much adult Wayne, not child Wayne, but adult Wayne. Singing jingle bells, jingle bells. That wasn't on that. No, no, that was just a single from the the Midnight Idol era. Oh. Okay. Um, I think I did. I had a cassette, a Christmas Wayne, Wayne Newton cassette of old mustache Wayne. Okay. Okay. And that had to have been on that, but it was so terrible that I never listened to it because. Right. I only like Wayne with his falsetto. Yeah, young, you little young. Wayne. I don't want to hear Wayne now, unless it's that's not unless Wayne. we're watching him. I know. Well, see, I I enjoy the Wayne, the more now, more recent Wayne. If it's video and it's cheesy and it's in Branson, and he's like just really overdoing something. And or oh like my the god, way- with all his plastic surgery, so his goddamn face doesn't move at all. Oh my god. Oh, it's so weird. Oh my god. And there's a lot of I mean, like all the I know, granted, this isn't Christmassy, but like when the um Jerry Lewis telethon was still happening, because it I mean, Jerry's been dead a while, but that thing went on way longer than it should have. And um Wayne was on it like every year and sometimes he would like be on it at one o'clock in the morning because no one wanted to see Wayne, but (laughs) it's real. You can watch a lot of Wayne Newton on the Jerry Lewis telethon on YouTube. And I highly, I mean, he'll come out and and sing hard to handle, you know, he'll come. I mean, he'll sing whatever was popular at the time as if he had the right. And I don't know why this cross, this, this, I just have this image of my mind and God damn it. 
I don't know why this crossed my mind, but you know, Wayne with his plastic surgery not moving face right now. Uh-huh. I just pictured him. Uh-oh. <laughs> on a round Las Vegas bed with red satin sheets, <laughs> jacking off in nothing but his girdle. I don't know why, but that was the visual that just crossed my mind. When someone has that much Botox, do they have an O face? Does does their face change expression? But couldn't you see him, like, doing, like, a jack-off video for his fans? But he still has to wear the girdle to hide the belly. His 90-year-old fans? Oh, God. I'm going to talk about something that's actually like genuinely hot. Okay. (laughs) Genuinely hot. You know how, for some reason, Christmas and acapella music just go. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's like an automatic thing. Like, <gasps> if you're an acapella group, you have to do a Christmas album. You just have to. But um, I just, you know, and and you know that, you know that uh, I'm a I'm a fan of the Pentatonix. Yes. Although, although I feel bad that I don't. Uh, I I mean they're they're still very lovely people, but you know when I I, I love a bass singer. I love a bass singer in an acapella group. That's always a good thing for me, and. When an acapella group changes out their bass singer, when they get a new one, it really does change the sound of the group. And there's nothing wrong with the new guy, but he just, I didn't realize how much I needed Avi Kaplan. Like, I don't, like, who is, <laughs> to, I don't know who that is. Who is that? Um. Well, you know, I, I, I was actually planning on showing you a picture of him anyway, because I thought you would really want to see who I'm talking about. I'm just going to hold this. Oh, yes. Can you see that? Oh, oh yeah, I like him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> I guess I like he's him. He's just about the hottest fucking thing. Um yeah. Oh, wait. No, here here's here's one of him a little a little before he went solo, before he got super hippie hair. Oh, yeah. He's I delicious. see, yeah, but I, I like him beardy better. Well, he he's always been beardy. Yeah. It's just he's beardier now. Yeah, but, but I like him with the dirty hippie beard, you know. I, I know. <laughs> and he's just delicious. Well, see, and he also, it's like, it's not just how pretty he is, but his his voice, like, really rumbles my undercarriage in exactly the right way, you know, that... That just the only the most perfect bass singers can do. And um, the first thing that Pentatonix, the first thing they released was a Christmas EP because just the timing of when they hit. And it was like five little songs, you know, very standard acapella EP. But um, and it's called it's called PT Xmas for anyone who wants to find it. Very easy to find. And right in the middle of that little collection of songs is something that I'm, I'm just going to say it really should not exist because someone really needs to explain to Avi Kaplan that, 
O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is not supposed to be a panty dropper. <laughs> it, it is, I mean, that song should not just send me over the edge. I mean, that song gets me there every time. And we wouldn't even talk about like, <laughs> and it really, it, the double entendre of the, yes, you know. Well, sure. But honestly, and I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to let Pitney hear a moment. Um, I, I'm not going to play it on the show because I can't, but I just, Pitney just needs to hear a little bit of this because he needs to fully understand what I'm talking about here. Right. <sighs> I may have to go lie down. Nah. <laughs> I mean, do you, I mean, do you see, do yeah, you agree? I see. And it's amazing because that's, that was fabulous. It actually emotionally moved me. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. It really it's did. So it em- well, you know how susceptible I am to being moved by religious stuff anyway, you know? Well, and especially like the really, like the really old, like the older traditional. Yeah. That kind of Christmas but music. But I gotta it, say, it hits me. It always. I does. have always despised that song. I hate that song. Right. But that was wonderful, and it Ugh. it moved me. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. I mean, you know, it's it's like it's so beautiful, but at the same time, it's like, who sings like that? Yeah. Who has that voice? My yeah, because that that song made me feel like. I was on the brink of crying that religious songs make me cry when right. I really am moved by them. Right. And I hate that song. Right. So that's <laughs> I amazing. Know. I know. Amazing. It's so fucking good. <laughs> oh my God. It's so, yeah, it's lethal that, that it's just amazing. And I, and I do want to say one more thing before I leave pentatonics. Um, just because, okay. I have a small complaint just to them, although it's not really just them because I, it happens all the time. Okay. Hallelujah. The Leonard Cohen. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. 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 Pentatonics did a beautiful, beautiful version of it. Oh, and Avi's on that too. And fuck me. Oh my God. But it's absolutely delicious, but they put it on a Christmas album. That is not a Christmas song. No. Just because the word hallelujah in it, it's not even a religious song. I was going to say, it's not even a Christian song. No, it is not. I mean, it's literally Leonard Cohen. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, and you know, and when things are treated as Christmas songs that aren't, this is not the first time I've said this, I... I have to say it every year. God damn it. Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton is not a Christmas song. It's literally from the best little whorehouse in Texas. It is whores packing up their shit and leaving the whorehouse and singing sadly about how, you know, their life is changing and talking about what they're going to do when they leave the whorehouse. That oh my god, but I do fucking love that song. I do too. I love Best Little Horror Album. And in Texas. that actually totally goes into my other Christmas album. Discussion. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's like, but you know, okay, yeah. Hallelujah. Not a Christmas song. I'm sorry, Pentatonics. You're adorable. I love you. 
try reading lyrics sometimes and try just understanding words. That's, I, I bless your hearts. But yeah. Anyway, yes. That's, all, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Please. As we close out the year of woo, we are going to delve into the ancient mystical power of the pyramids. Now, I'm not talking about the actual Egyptian pyramids, although that could be a whole docu-series in and of itself with all the theories of, you know, aliens building them, how they're aligned with the stars, how I think it's the Northwest axis has to be in line with a certain thing and it has all these powers. And yeah, we're not going to talk about the ancient pyramids. We're going to talk about the magical powers of the pyramid. Because apparently the mere shape of the pyramid is magic and holds very mystical properties. This really came into being in the 60s, of course, and the only thing I have to say about that is uh, psychedelics much? Drugs much? Hmm, I don't know. You know, the magical properties of the pyramids have been around longer than that in the sense of people that were into orgone in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Not only did they have their orgone chambers, which were metal and wood lined up in certain ways that would, you know, make orgone concentrated so you can breathe in the essence. They did orgone pyramids, which are still popular, and they're made of wood and metal and crystal in the shape of a pyramid, and apparently they're just so powerful getting the orgon divine energy that they're dangerous. But yeah, we're not talking about that either. Because we're just talking about plain old simple, anybody can do it, power of the pyramids. On an offshoot, I will say that apparently Mythbusters had done an episode of the alleged power of the pyramids. And testing some of the things that I'm going to talk about. And needless to say, it's all a bunch of bunk. It's kind of weird that as into the New Age thing as I have been, and as much time as I've spent in New Age stores, I didn't know much about pyramids. I saw them, I realized they were a thing, but it wasn't my thing, so I just kind of ignored it. And this has to be the hokiest fucking shit that I've ever heard in the world. So, apparently, the secret power of pyramids is pyramid power, which is an inherently paranormal property of the shape of the pyramid. It is said to preserve food, maintain the sharpness of razor blades, improve health, trigger sexual urges, and cause other dramatic effects. And if you need proof, all you need to do is read this line from seedofenergy.com. Here is... The paragraph of proof. It has been proven that a pyramid regenerates the natural flow of energy circulation in the body, strengthens the power of intention, and harmonizes the environment by charging it up with thought form. It will be manifested 
a clear aim for using the pyramid is relevant because it will come to life surprisingly soon. Boom, that is all the proof you need. What can a pyramid do, you ask? Well, let's go back to the 70s. There was a baseball team that was having a losing streak, and out of desperation, the coach decided that they were going to hang a pyramid in the locker room. Every player was required to stand underneath the pyramid for exactly four minutes before a game. And guess what? Their losing streak was ended and they won two games. But then they lost the whole season. So yeah, it didn't work. Now, the fascinating thing about pyramids is that apparently you don't need a refrigerator if you have a pyramid. Put food in it and it preserves it. In fact, it will enhance the flavor of natural foods. And, you know, in true New Age form, who hates anything good, processed, or artificial, it will break down unnatural, synthesized foods, and they will lose all their flavor because they're not nutritious and they're not food. So, you know, a pyramid is... A built-in dietitian, you know? You don't need a dietitian. Put food under the pyramid. Other things that pyramids can do, and I've read over and over about the sharpening of razor blade things. I, I, I don't understand it. I'm not going to try it, but I think it's uh, stupid. But apparently, it will improve your aura. It is good for sterilization of things. Put things under the pyramid microorganisms will not grow, so they will stay sterile if you just put them under a pyramid. You need money? Put a $5 bill underneath a pyramid. Boom! You are guaranteed to have money. Interestingly enough, apparently there is a well-renowned scientist, Bill Carroll, who experimented with pyramids for 17 years, And he discovered if he put brine shrimp underneath the pyramid, their life expectancy of six to seven weeks was extended and they lived over a year. Mm -hmm. And Bill Carroll has also done lots of research on humans. One of the things that he and his, his associates have found is that hypertensive individuals become tranquilized and lethargic people become energetic again. Um, yeah, uh, I just don't understand any of it, and it's blatantly not true, but it's, you know, it's fascinating, and, you know, if you want to know how does this work, it's because negative ions are generated by the inherent magical powers of the pyramids, and they have beneficial effects on the body, and because of these ions... Pyramids can charge crystals. They can purify water. And if you drink water out of a pyramid-shaped glass, oh my God, the body will be charged. The pineal and the pituitary glands are activated and your psychic powers will become so powerful that you didn't even know you had these powers before. So yeah, you want to do an experiment, go to a new age store, buy a little pyramid-shaped thing for $5, your life will change. You will become rich. You will have peace. 
and all your food will be healthier and tastier. Mm-hmm. Pyramids. Okay, so hard candy Christmas. Yes. That brings us right into my next Christmas album. And this is something I love so much. I would listen to this album, not just at Christmas. Oh no, what is it? But I would listen to it all year round. Okay. And this album is RuPaul's Christmas mm. album. Ho, ho, Oh ho. my, God. I haven't heard that in so long. You know what? I think the reason why I don't have my own copy is because you used to have it on all the time. I think that's why I never got my own copy, because I heard it with you so much. So, you know, that song is so good, but there's seriously some suckage on that album, too. (laughs) Of course, because, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. And we are in the bitchin' boutique, and we may be awful, but we're right. (laughs) So we need to talk about the suckage, too. Yeah, because suckage exists. RuPaul, the red-nosed drag queen. Oh, God. Girl, oh, Billy. I had forgotten about that. Why yeah, that's true. Why did you terrible. record that it's piece so of stupid. shit? Like, I'm so Oh, shocked. God, yes. Oh, my God. RuPaul, the red-nosed drag queen. <laughs> Horrible. Like not, like, not even just funny as a line. Like, not even worth it at all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no that, so that song is bad, but so much of it is so good. You know, there's like, I'll be home with bells on. Oh. Fabulous. Yeah. Oh my God, that song is so fabulous. It will make you get up and dance. You know, and of course, RuPaul does the tired Santa baby. Of course. Which, I'm sorry, I've always hated that song. It is just nothing less than an advertisement for prostitution. (laughs) But, you know... Uh, and the, a serious suckage, though, I just gotta say, is all I want for Christmas. Because it's oh. this ridiculous, stupid house version. <laughs> all I want for Christmas is my boobin' plant. I want my boobin' pant, baby. Oh my and God. all I want for Christmas is some lapo. Give it all over my oh. body. Um, yeah. Just really stupid. And I guess it's fabulous if you're a drag queen, but. Yeah, not even then. But most of the <laughs> album is good, and there is this great, great, like, breakdown dance version medley of all the classic Christmas oh songs called The Christmas Train, and that's pretty fabulous. But the end-all, be-all of this album, and the end-all, be-all of all Christmas music is RuPaul's R&B Slow Jam called Christmas Night. You know, and it's this slow, story-driven song where RuPaul is like, so, let me tell you how it was. There I was, Christmas night, walking through that subway station, and I turned around and I saw him. (laughs) And there he was, looking good. And he says, baby, you reek. Of the kind of love I've been aching for. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so there's like this whole story of, you know, they meet and they have an affair and they fall in love. Like a good Christmas story. And then the wife comes home and something (laughs) happens and 
he ends up dead, and then somebody's oh, in prison, and now she's all oh. jaded on Christmas, and... <laughs> Oh, yeah, but that Christmas night was the most fabulous ever, apparently. And, oh, my God, oh, that God. song is. I, I, I can't believe it's not a number one hit. Yay. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to, gonna have to pull that one up. And it should be played in every department store continuously in December. I, yeah. Christmas night. Oh. Christmas <laughs> night. But yeah, anyway, if you're looking for a good Christmas album, that album is fabulous. RuPaul's Ho Ho Ho. And God, I think that album is, God, 20 years old, at least. Oh, at least. Probably older. Oh, yeah. Because that was, like, pre-Drag Race and stuff. That was that was when Ru was still more of a recording artist, you know, to the rest of the world who hadn't really seen her. You know, and it's a little dated, but, you know, it holds up oh to my God, the fabulous yeah. factor. Oh, my God. Yeah, I need to make an effort to buy that oh, one. Oh, yes. You know, and there's, you know, the stereotypical... I mean, of course, you know, it's totally lame, but, of course, they have to add it because it's, like, a gay record. But, you know, there's I Saw Daddy Kissing Santa Claus. Of course. But, you know... It was the 90s, so, yeah, you can be tired that and way. And at the time, it was scandalous. Oh, yes. But anyway, yeah, that album is an absolute classic, <laughs> I think. And, you know, nobody knows it, apparently, but me. Well, <laughs> and I guess Rue probably knows it, too. I hope Rue knows. I hope Rue knows. Don't you think that Rue should, like, even if it's just for one track, a little collab, with Rue and Egyptian Lover. Oh. I, we might explode. Oh my God. We might not survive it. And you know, neither one would have done it back in the day. But maybe now. But now, you know, they might. A little throwback jam? I mean, come on, man. But they might could do it now, you know. I mean, Rue could just do her own version of like Freakaholic or something. Or. I mean. They could do Christmas at the Elizabeth. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe we should write it. Maybe maybe we can make that happen. That would be amazing. So you know, Sarah was just talking oh to me god. the other day, and she was talking about you know some you know lesbian couple that she knows. Um, we're going to visit one of the parents. And uh, because, you know, they were concerned about, you know, COVID and everything. And they wanted to go see the parents and try to be safe anyway. But they were trying to find a hotel that they felt comfortable to stay in. And I told Sarah, I said, well, did they check in at the Lesby? (laughs) And yeah, she just didn't get it because, you know. Who would? But she's heard that song before, right? Yeah, you know, I just thought, you know, it's not like she's a fan, but I I thought that, you know, it just would have clicked and she would have gotten it. But, well, yeah, no, she didn't. But that's okay. It's not part of other people's just common vernacular as it is with you and I. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know. The lesbian. The lesbian. A strange place. It was a nice... Weird, but I'm dating it. was it. a nice motor in. <laughs> okay, so yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. 
the lesbian. <laughs> anyway, what is oh, your God. next choice for top Christmas oh, albums God. of the year? <laughs> It's really just a song. I mean, there's they did other things. Mm-hmm. I'm going in a glee direction. Oh, here. your fangirl is coming um, out. The, the, <laughs> uh, you know, so this time of year though, this time of year, it makes me want to whip out uh one of the greatest things that ever happened on television, which was in a very Christmassy milieu. Um, when. Before Kurt and Blaine became a couple, when they were just like making innocent flirty goo goo eyes at each other and they hadn't even kissed yet. Mm-hmm. But Blaine was like, oh, you know, I need to rehearse this song that I'm going to be singing in this Christmas show with this girl. You know, do you do you want to rehearse it with me? And before you know it, Kurt and Blaine are singing Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh, and you know, I mean that—that's one of those songs that's always very controversial. And yes, the you know, I I sort of alternate between. It all depends on what my mood is at the time. When I'm when I think of that song, do I think it's super rapey, or do I think it's just really sexy and flirty? And I can see it both ways. But really, as long as it's two pretty boys in in private school uniforms singing it. I don't really, it's just, it's just fucking hot. And that's really, that's really all that matters. I swear everything I've brought up just about has been, has been hotness. That's pretty much all I've talked about. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God, uh, I do true. have something that has absolutely no hotness at all. I'm just building, but yeah, you know, I the because uh, on Glee they did a lot of Christmas shit, but um the rest of it really doesn't matter that much to me because baby it's cold outside is really all I need and and you know it was it was a little scandalous I mean you know in the early days of Glee you know we didn't really have I mean I mean Will and Grace existed and shit but you know the thought of having such prominent gayness on television was just so unheard of and then you have two teenage boys. You know, my God. And it was just, oh, they were so pretty and so cute. And those were lips that were just meant to be kissing each other. And it was just so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So hot. And, of course, I can't just listen to it. I have to, like, go to YouTube and pull up the clip and actually watch them. Because, God. Oh, Oh, the sexual chemistry between those (laughs) two. My Lord. (laughs) Now, were they both gay in real life or just one? Okay, so Kurt, Chris Colford, definitely. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Darren Chris, um, ah, it's so, it's, it gets into dangerous territory. According to him, he's straight. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, like, not allow someone to, you know, identify the way they want to identify. But God damn it, Darren, no one, no one's fooled. No one is fooled by this. He married a woman whatever. And I mean, he might be bi. He might be bi. But the weird thing is, he's the kind of guy that if he was bi, he would just say it. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me, and, but the thing is, I, ah, uh, I mean, if, if he ain't a queen, he sure is convincing every time he plays one. 
Because remember when they did the the murder of, of Gianni Versace, the American crime story, and he played the guy who killed Versace, and it was oh, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. that's... I mean, you know, a straight guy generally cannot, you know, move like that, make out like that, with no qualms. And it's it's so weird because clearly the people who love him, I mean, it, it sounds a little weird to say we want him to be queer. Cause we kind of do. We just, you know, I, I, I would hate to think that he, some, that something, whether it's his management or whatever, I mean, you know, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a big can of worms. You know, and when there's but, smoke, there's fire and there's a 90% chance that if a rumor is there, and he flames. It is true. <laughs> and if people say they're gay, then they are yeah. gay. Please. He's, yeah, he, uh, mm. and honestly, he's too yummy to be straight. Oh, and speaking, do you know who Sean Mendez is? I don't know. Who you that. know, he's some pop star. I don't know. And who I that don't is. know any of his songs. And I mean, okay. who cares? Because I'm sure they suck. Um, I, you know, no, I think I, I may have heard his name before, but I have no idea who he is. You know, but I'm aware that there's all these rumors and there's all these people saying that, you know, he should come out. Oh. You know, it's like, oh, is this poor guy just a victim of rumor or, you know, ultra blessing after him or whatever the fuck? Yeah. You know, but I wanted to see what he was like, and he, I mean, he sucks, but I watched a lot of music videos and stuff, and I'm sorry, he is such a fag, it's so obvious. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, and he's so stupid, and he's like, oh, these gay rumors, I'm so damaged by them, and my self-esteem is hurt, and what can I do? And it's like, dude, you can come out because you're a faggot. Like, there's no question, yeah. He no more wants pussy than I do. And and Please. I swear to God when people when it's when they say things like that, it's like, well, people aren't saying it about you because they're trying to insult you. I mean, people thinking you you Nelly little thing, people thinking that you're a queen is not a bad thing. They just want you to be yourself. Oh yeah. He's just like, you know, he's some gay stupid pop star. You know, whatever. It's right. so stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and if he's not gay, gays don't exist. Well. Well, hello, America, and thanks for coming. My name's Seth. What's yours? Hey, it's Jamal. And Stoney. Have you ever had drag race withdrawal? You know the symptoms. Not enough glitter, eyelashes not staying glued down, and that red itchy rash that just won't go away. Uh, you should see a doctor for that. And the only prescription for your blues is more Thanks for Coming, the most magically gay podcast. With at least 150 podcasts, seven seasons of Drag Race coverage under our belt, and topical queer discussions, there's a little bit for everyone here. That's right. 
were even featured on Cosmopolitan's list of top seven RuPaul's Drag Race podcasts that spill the hottest tea. Join us every week as we bring you a fun recap of the latest episode of whatever season we're covering. It'll make you feel like you're back on the couch discussing the latest episode of Drag Race with all your friends. Stop by thanksforcomingpodcast.com for links to listen on your platform of choice, links to all of our social media and recent happenings. Oh, crrr. what are you waiting for? Go check us out, Hanny. Thanks for coming, a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. <laughs> Okay, Christmas. Christmas. It's fucking Christmas. Yeah, so anyway, yes. so my next Christmas album is, uh, oh gosh, and this is something that I've owned since, I don't know, 88, 89. I guess I could look at it and see when it came out. That Anyway, I don't know where it is. Okay. Um, but it is the new Kids on the Block, oh! Merry Merry Christmas. Oh! Speaking of gay. Yes, and I have it on cassette. <laughs> and I mean, I have it digitally too, but you know, the cassette's the real do they, deal. Do they don their gay apparel? <laughs> oh, it's so, yeah, it's really good. And do you remember off that album, it, one of their biggest singles was from that album and called uh, This One's for the Children. <gasps> oh, I'd forgotten about it, but yes. Again, it was a real sugar sweet, just awful awful ballad but god it was a huge huge hit for them and they saw they sang it on like award shows and stuff oh, yes oh yeah and oh my god so everybody knows that jonathan knight came out as gay you know the, yes, one of the new kids did. right no surprise jonathan. but jordan knight was such a fucking oh, queen and oh my god and he does this little talky intro to this song and he's like Please listen, because this is a very important message. <laughs> and then, you know, the fake drum beats come in, and oh my god, yes. And all the little 13-year-old girls oh. are just dropping their panties. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god, I had blocked it out, but as soon as you said that, oh no. Yeah, and then he starts singing in his falsetto, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. You know, that song, you know, they do Little Drummer Boy and they do White Christmas and they have, you know, some horrible originals too, you know, Funky, Funky Christmas. Oh, and, well. Isn't that the Donnie? You Didn't know. Donnie do that yeah. one? Yeah. He's so tough. He's hanging tough. Oh, yeah. And they do some really, really, you know, some, you know, the true classic. Hail Merry Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas. Merry indeed. Yeah, because, you know, Maurice Starr was like, you know, Beethoven as a songwriter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, and of course there's the smaltzy ones, I'll see you come Christmas, girl. You please. <laughs> they always have to throw a girl in there in case we were wondering. But yeah, the new Kids on the Block album. Oh, God. Wow. Classic. They were the shit. Yeah, and it went like multi-platinum. <laughs> it was a huge fucking hit. Yeah, it's a oh. good album, and that's really big for a Christmas album. Oh, my God. Okay. Truly classic. Everybody should is listen. It? Yeah, the camp value of it is, yeah, the camp value. That is, 
sure the true yeah. value of it. But god damn it. And yeah, that's <laughs> what I've been listening to. So there you go. Uh, yes. One more thing that I have been listening to and and camp is a good way of introducing this. So Oh god. Um <laughs> first I'll just start by saying that people who are our age uh which is very, 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 very old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People who were children in the 70s might remember a record label called Peter Pan Records. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, lots and lots and lots of incredible stuff released on Peter Pan Records. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'll, I will just let you know that someone, whether it's connected directly to the Peter Pan Records company or whatever i don't know but there is a youtube channel called peter pan records fabulous one by one they are just putting out all the old shit and it's interesting to just for two seconds to flash back to halloween for a second when i was looking through because i was looking for these particular christmas records because i have them on vinyl but i was curious if they were available on here and they are but as I was scrolling through, lots of Halloween stuff I'd never seen before. Oh, really? And, you know, I wanted to I want to stick with things that I actually know. But, like, I mean, you know, I mean, where else are you going to get to hear, for example, for Christmas time, the $6 million man Christmas album? Wow. You can hear it on the Peter Pan Records YouTube channel. That's where you can hear it. I don't have that record, but I fucking want it now that I know it exists. I fucking want to find it. But uh, there were these albums back in the day where you'd have a small group of incredibly white people singing very cheesy, campy songs for children on these horrible, horrible records. And I had two records. One of them was called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The other one was called Sleigh Ride Jingle Bells. Which, I don't want you to think that that references the song Sleigh Ride and the song Jingle Bells. I'm talking about a song called <laughs> Sleigh Ride Jingle Bells. And I'm sure because, it's wonderful, yes. Yeah, oh, <laughs> well. Jingle bells are jingling, and they're bringing me home. Okay, so so it sounds like you know one of the Mickey Mouse Club albums, but for some weird reason, because it's of. me. I don't know. I picture Wilma and Betty from the Flintstones singing. All right, that's a little weird. <laughs> uh, it's a group called the Caroliers. Oh, gosh. <laughs> because, of course, they're a group that has a name. The Caroliers recorded both of these albums, mm-hmm. you know, Slay Red Jingle Bells and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And the thing the thing about these records that... That it, I mean, they are such a huge part of my childhood, it's almost embarrassing. Because my sisters and I, even when we were little, we knew it was stupid. Because it's so, it's so ridiculous. Every song, everything. And it's so overly dramatic, and it's so weird. And like, I don't, I can barely remember a time 
when we did not put on those records and like dramatically lip sync them for our parents. Oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play a little a little song off of Santa Claus is coming to town. And I will, you know, Pitney gets to see me doing this. I will I may decide to record a little video of myself dramatically lip syncing these songs because it's so it is it brings me so much joy to do this. And of course I gotta say you should. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this this song is called Icicles, Holly, Redberries, and Snow. <laughs> oh, okay. No shit, man. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Because I'm sorry, everything now is R and B garbage. Well, and it's, yeah, because it's because it's not it's not the good, good R and B that that was actually good that I was raised on. I'm trying to find. Oh god damn it! This song. Where is where is Christmas? Oh god. This is the this is the most dramatic thing you will ever hear. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't wait. Oh my god. Is it on a beautiful cloud in the sky? Is it in that wonderful circus passing by? Oh my god, it's Disney and it's Drag Queen and it's fabulous. It's Oh, it's like, it might as well be Shirley Bassey. She's such a great singer. <laughs> I mean, listen to this. Now, is that 60s or is it 70s? Because I'm thinking that it's probably 60s. Sometime in the sixties. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. Fabulous. Let me let me jump ahead a little bit to um. Well, there's because there's a talky bit. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh god. Here we go. Oh god. Where is Christmas? Where Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh. <gasps> oh, yes, that's so fabulous. I mean. And you know what it made I me think mean. of? If I was still in Austin living at the Woodrow House, that oh would motivate God. me to have a complete 60s theme drag show. Fuck yes. Yeah. I mean, can I just say, how the hell, there's no way I could not have ended up exactly the way I am right now, having been raised on that. <laughs> because, oh my God. I mean. I am totally looking it up. Okay, yeah, everyone, it yes, is, okay. Yes, I'm going to listen to it regularly, hello. Peter Pan, Peter Pan Records, there are just over 3,000 subscribers to this channel. All of you need to subscribe to the Peter Pan Records YouTube channel. I mean, you can hear the trolleys. Remember the trolleys? You can hear, you know, Superman records, Wonder Woman records, The Secret of the Magic Tiara from Wonder Woman. I haven't listened to it yet. There's so many things. I don't know what the hell that is, but yeah, Rusty would have loved it, right? God damn it. So, so much just amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, some of, and some of these are things like this Batman record. My husband has it. This Kojak record. I'm pretty sure we have it in there. Uh, it's just, it's astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. And you will, you will thank me. You will fucking thank me for the joy that is <laughs> the Peter Pan record. Oh yeah. I'm totally, totally gonna. Yeah. Those, yes. those, those two albums, Santa Claus coming to town, Slay Bar and Jingle Bells. There's some other Christmas ones on there. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they are. But that Santa Claus is coming to town in particular is filled with the most luscious, just, I mean, the musical arrangements. I mean, could you die? I mean, there were professional musicians with a conductor in front of them recording that music. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Wayne was not on board with that. Oh, God. Because that's totally he, oh, his sound. He totally could have covered Where Is Christmas. Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Someone calling me. Wayne. Oh. Pitney. <laughs> <laughs> that right there, that is my Christmas gift. That is my Christmas gift. To all of you. Because, oh my God. <laughs> and I dare them to sue us. Because, God damn it. Yeah. These these records are going to suddenly become very popular and they will have no idea why. Oh, yeah. And it's all because of me. So you're welcome. Anybody wants a copy of that Wayne Newton album, write to me. <laughs> we have an email account. At pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. And yes. Yes. Email us. And you know what? And if you have some incredibly old, cheesy Christmas shit that we don't know about, please tell us because there is almost nothing we love more than that. <laughs> yeah, and any weird artists out there who had no business making a Christmas album, send us your shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe we can come up with a way of doing like a, a virtual drag show online someday and we can put a whole thing together. 
and broadcast it. Oh, which reminds me. So, so you're going to be hearing this right, right before Christmas, New Year's Eve, you guys, we are, we're still working out the technical details. We're going to do a live New Year's Eve party broadcast like we did a couple years ago. But this time we're going to try to do it on every, every platform. We're still working that out. A couple years ago, it was just on Facebook Live. So mark your calendars. You know you ain't doing anything else. You know you ain't going out. Because you better not be. You stay your ass at home and hang out with us. Amen, girl. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And Get ready for 2021, guys. Yes, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mary. Woo, <laughs> <Yeah>. toodles. <laughs> jingle, 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 jingle. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) I wonder, it's probably at his age. Oh. I wonder if he's old enough that he could still, like, if he gets really excited, if he could still, like, shoot in his hair. I doubt it. You know, I could just picture, you know, that fake hair with that little flip in the front. <laughs> I think if he was um on, like, a like one of them slant boards, like, like one of those anti-gravity slant boards, so that he could have gravity work for him and... and I don't know. That's just, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine. <laughs> with the oh. slanted board in his girdle, with his hair cut, you know, with that hair in his plastic surgery, doing his self suck video. Oh. <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> oh. If you were Johnny Carson, he would punch you in the face. <laughs> oh no, he never actually did punch Johnny. He just threatened to he punch him. He threatened to. He threatened to punch him. I bet oh, we are the only podcast that has ever <laughs> mentioned the possibility of Wayne Newton doing a self suck video. <laughs> I would be really surprised if anyone else had ever even thought about it. Really. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs>
Anyway, what is your next? <laughs> I think that I think that little bit is going to end up being at the end. Yes. I think just the snip is going to end up being at the end. Everybody wants to be self sucking on Christmas. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Look. Look. No. No more of that. 